You know who I feel sorry for? Alfred Daniel Williams King. I feel sorry for that dude. He is a great father and a great husband and a great minister, Baptist preacher, great civil rights activist. But nobody will ever remember him for anything except that he was Martin Luther King's little brother. Isn't that terrible? Doesn't matter what he does. Nobody's ever going to remember a thing he does. All they're going to say is, yeah, well, he was Martin Luther King's brother. I think that is sad. I think it has got to be super hard to be the sibling of a superstar. Right? Wouldn't you just hate to live in the shadow of a brother or sister like that? Um, how would you like to be this next guy? This is, wait for it, Lorenzo da Vinci. <laughs> How'd you like to be Leonardo da Vinci's little brother, right? You'll never live up. You will never live up. History tells us that Leonardo da Vinci was one of the most brilliant human beings that's ever lived. He was a great artist. He was a great sculptor. He was a great mathematician. He was a great scientist. And what history tells us about his brother Lorenzo is that he was Leonardo's little brother. And that is it. So let me ask you this question. Do you really care about Patricia Lofton? Do you care about her? Except to know that she's Oprah Winfrey's little sister. How'd you like to be Oprah Winfrey's little sister? These people, they get no like, recognition. I just think how hopeless their lives must have seemed. Um, take a look at this woman. Her name is Helena. I will not try the last name. She is uh, best known for a book she wrote, which is the biography of her sister. Marie Curie. She's done one thing in life to give her any fame, and it's writing a book about her sister who was way more famous than she was. How'd you like to be her little sister? Or I'll tell you the best. Take a look at my boy. This is a guy named Larry. Take a look at that. He reminds me a lot of me. Look at that. A lot. Very similar. Yes. So this guy is 5'8", but he gets away with it in basketball because he's got a 44-inch vertical leap. He's just an amazing basketball player. But if he's remembered for basketball, it will only be that he's remembered as not being quite as good as his brother, Michael. How'd you like to be Michael Jordan's little brother trying to play basketball? So here's my question for you. Do you ever feel like Larry Jordan? Do you ever feel like your whole life you are really Lorenzo da Vinci? Do you ever feel like you'll just never really be quite as good as your brother or your sister or somebody you know? Do you ever feel like you'll just never measure up? You'll never be able to do the things that they do. And it even happens for us as Christians. In fact, I think in some ways it happens to us specifically as Christians because we get... I call it ministry envy. Do you ever have that? Do you ever look at these amazing people of God and you think, man, I'm just, I'm nothing compared to these amazing Christian brothers and sisters of mine. I mean, I'll admit it, I feel that. I would love to talk about Martin Luther King. I would love to preach one sermon like Martin Luther King. I would love to just one time be able to just move people with my words. But I know I'm never gonna do that. I'm never going to be able to do that. I will never be able to do what he did. I wish I could lead worship like Chris Tomlin, right? I would... <laughs> I wish. I could wish whatever I want. 
I would love to write a book like Max Lucado, right? I would love to be a great evangelist like Billy Graham. You know, every time he burps, people get saved. I would love, I would love to do, wouldn't it be cool to kill a giant like David? Wouldn't it be awesome to, uh, you know, lead people the way that Moses did? Wouldn't it be cool to be a great church starter like Paul or an incredible preacher like Peter? Wouldn't you like to be able to sing like Joy sings? Or wouldn't you like to be able to be great with kids like Miss Andrea is great with kids? But listen, those are, those are like Christian superheroes. You know, those, you, can, you know how you can tell that they're different than the rest of us? Because when you see a picture of them, they have that little yellow circle. <laughs> Do you know the one? There it is. <laughs> and realistically, let's be honest, most of us, most of us are mere mortals, right? We don't have halos. And, and we're, just, we're just regular people in a little church, in a little town, outside San Antonio. And we will... It's, I'm going to say it's unlikely that any of us will ever preach to a packed stadium. I'm going to say it's unlikely that any of us will lead thousands of people in worship. I'm going to say it's pretty unlikely that any of us are going to write books that just change millions of lives. And I think, I think it can get, like, discouraging to us to see other people around us. Well, that person in my life group prays so much better than I do. You know, that person at church knows the Bible so much better than I do. Look at all this amazing stuff that they're doing and look how God is using them. And it can get, it can get discouraging to the point that I think we start thinking that maybe what we do doesn't matter. And we start looking, I look at my life compared to their life and it's like, you I mean, why am I even trying? Does it even matter what I do? compared to, you know, Moses or Paul or Billy Graham or Francis Chan. Don't even get me started on Francis Chan. I mean, it's not bad enough that I love his preaching and his teaching and his books and his videos, but my wife has some sort of like weird pastor crush on him or something. <laughs> you know, I saw this great sermon from Francis Chan. Oh, he's such a great preacher. Oh, he's the best preacher ever. Oh, he's moving to China to save the world. Just marry him. <laughs> People ask me, oh, wouldn't you like to meet Francis Chan? I'd like to punch him in the neck. <laughs> Was that out loud? Sorry. You see what ministry envy does to us? That's, that's what it does. Right there it is. But most of us are not Francis Chan, man. Most of us are regular people, and we will probably never accomplish what those Christian heroes do. And it, it, it's easy to say, why should I even try? You know, what, what do I really have to offer? Nothing I have will really make much of a difference. So maybe I'll just leave the ministry to them. You know, they're the sanctified superheroes or whatever. But we're supposed to be the body of Christ. All of us. Each of us is supposed to be carrying on the work and continuing the work that Jesus started, right? All of us are the body of Christ. Each of us is supposed to have an important role, even us, normal people, even us, regular people, even us without the halos, even us non-superheroes. We're, we're, we're supposed to be doing something amazing for the kingdom, and I think something that holds us back sometimes is we just get discouraged because we can't live up to those 
those heroes. So you know what we need? We need a different hero, right? We, we need to pattern our real, regular lives after a real, regular person. Not Moses, not Billy Graham, not stupid Francis Chan, right? We need to know that even us mere mortals can make a difference for the kingdom and in the world. And maybe we do that by seeing a mere mortal who has made a difference in the world. So today we're gonna talk about the New Testament character, Andrew, or as you probably know him, Peter's little brother, right? How'd you like to be that dude? This is probably the patron saint of regular people, right? Andrew didn't write one book in the Bible. There's not one sermon that he ever preached mentioned in the Bible. He didn't start any churches that I know of. Um, There's no word of him performing one single miracle in Jesus' name. He probably probably didn't have Peter's, like, uh, personality or Peter's charisma or Peter's, like, um, it factor or something. And he just doesn't get much attention because, you know, he's Peter's brother. And I don't know if he could preach like Peter or write like Peter or do miracles like Peter or see visions like Peter. What I do know about him is, guess what? He's Peter's brother. In fact, I looked him up in the Baker's Encyclopedia of the Bible. He's actually listed in Baker's Encyclopedia of the Bible. And you know what it says about him? This is his listing, okay? It's got all these great people. Like it says Moses, and then there's like 20 pages of what Moses did. And then, oh, David, here's 20 pages of what David did. Peter, oh, here's 1,000 pages of what Peter did. And under Andrew, it says, after Andrew brought Peter to Jesus, he faded into the background as his brother came into prominence. I mean, I would rather not even be in there. Right? That's, that's the worst. That's, that, that's, to me, that's just sad. His listing in the Bible encyclopedia just says that he got less and less important as his brother got more and more important. And almost every time that Andrew is mentioned in the Bible, it says, Andrew, Peter's brother. But it never one time says, Peter, Andrew's brother. Not one single time. Not one single time. And I, I mean, I get it. You know, Peter was Peter, right? He was obviously the boss disciple. He was obviously Jesus' best friend. He was the favorite. Everybody knows that. He, he preached the sermon that started the New Testament church. I mean, he's Peter. He wrote two books in the Bible at least, right? He, he did miracles, Peter did miracles to the point that when people were sick, they would bring sick people out near him so that if his shadow fell on them, they would be healed. He's Peter. I mean, he's, he's Peter. He's mentioned in the New Testament, I got it written down, 191 times just in the Gospels, Peter is mentioned. He's mentioned more than anybody else except for Jesus, 191 times in the Gospels. The only time Andrew is mentioned, 14 times, 14 times, and every time his name comes up, it's like on some list. Like, you know, James was there, and Bartholomew was there, and Matthew was there. Oh, yeah, and Andrew was there. And almost every time it says that, it'll say, and Andrew was there, you know, Peter's brother. It's, just, it's constant. 
about the, almost the only time we ever hear anything about or from Andrew is by his association with his superstar brother, except for three. There are three places in the Bible where we hear something about Andrew, and it's not that he's Peter's little brother. The first one is in John, in John 1, 40, and that's when Andrew actually introduced Peter to Jesus. Andrew met Jesus before Peter did. In fact, he went to Peter and he goes, you know, I, I think I found the Messiah. You need to come meet this guy. You need to come check him out. And he did. And Jesus said, Peter, you're going to become a fisher of men. And the rest is history. In John chapter 6, Jesus has just preached this amazing sermon, a whole day of preaching to 5,000 people. And now it's getting late at night. And so he goes, hey, we should really, we should feed these people. You know, it's, it's getting kind of late. It's getting kind of dark. And I get, you know, Whataburger was closed or whatever. So he turns to the disciples, what are we going to do? What do you guys have? And they're all going, I mean, we don't, I don't, I don't know what another we can do. And we see Andrew bringing this little boy to Jesus and saying, hey, this kid's mom packed him a couple of fish sandwiches. Can we do something with that? And Jesus takes that fish and that bread and he does this most, really one of the most famous miracles in history and feeds 5,000 people. And then in John 12, 22, there's some people, the Bible specifies that they were some Greek people. And they came because they'd heard about Jesus and they wanted to see him and they wanted to meet him. And so they came to Philip. I guess Philip was like, I don't know, like a screening people or something before they could get to Jesus because Jesus is a rock star now and everybody wants to see him. And so Philip's like vetting the people that get to see him. And these Greek people come up and say, hey, we want to meet Jesus. And Philip says, I don't know, let's check with Andrew. And so he goes, Andrew, what do you think? And the Bible says that Andrew took those people to see Jesus. And this is really important because it's kind of like a foreshadowing. It's kind of the beginning of Gentiles, of non-Jewish people, of us, of people that were not Jews. This is like the beginning of us being able to come to Jesus. It's like those couple of non-Jewish people meeting Jesus opened the floodgates of people coming to know Jesus. So really three, you know, interesting stories all with one thing in common. Every time we hear Andrew's name, every time we see Andrew mentioned, other than being Peter's little brother, Andrew is bringing someone to Jesus. And when he does, pretty remarkable stuff happened after that. You know, Simon only became Peter after Andrew brought him to Jesus. Those 5,000 people, one of the most famous miracles in history only happened after Andrew brought that little boy to Jesus. People that were not Jewish, listen, it's us, right? Us. There was only, we only had a path to Jesus after Andrew brought a couple of us to Jesus and opened that floodgate. So, yeah, Andrew wasn't Peter. You know why? Because nobody's Peter. But Andrew's legacy is not that he was a brilliant writer, and it's not that he was a great preacher or an amazing worship leader or a healer or a, a great leader or a seer of visions or a doer of miracles. And his legacy is not that he was Peter's brother. Andrew's legacy is that he brought people to Jesus, and Jesus took it from there. So, Probably none of us are ever going to preach to thousands of people. 
And probably none of us are gonna save hundreds of people. And probably none of us are gonna do these incredible miracles or see these awesome visions because most of us aren't Peter or Max Lucado or Billy Graham or stupid Francis Chan. We, we can't do what the superheroes do. But all of us, all of us can do what Andrew did. We can bring people to Jesus and let Jesus take it from there. And from there, Jesus can do things through us that even Peter couldn't have dreamed of. So I think maybe for some of us, it's time to stop wasting time thinking about all the stuff that we can't do as well as somebody else. And maybe it's time for us to start investing our time in doing what we can do. And you know what we can do? We can bring people to Jesus. We can teach our kids about Jesus. We can talk to our friends about Jesus. We can talk to our neighbors about Jesus. We can bring our coworkers and our teammates and our classmates and our office mates and our cellmates and just tell them what Jesus has done. Just introduce them to Jesus. That's, that's what he did. And you don't need to be a great speaker and you don't have to have great musical talent or be an awesome writer or a great leader or any of that. You don't even need to be super knowledgeable about the Bible. You just need to know him yourself so that you can make the introduction, right? All you need, if, if you know someone, your only qualification for introducing someone to someone else is to know that person. You just need to know him yourself so that you can make the introduction. And that may not sound like very much to you. Oh, if I just introduce one person to Jesus, that may not sound like very much to you. But I'm just going to think about that for a second. What if you did that? What if you introduced one person to Jesus? And what if that person was the next Peter? Or what if that one person, what if you talk to that one person at work and that was the beginning of some amazing miracle? Or what if that person you talked to somehow like opened a floodgate to a whole new group of people coming to know Jesus? What if it was just a matter of you just doing that with one person? Let me ask you a question. I'll ask you to participate, okay? I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand and keep it up. If you know one single person in your world who might not know Jesus, keep them up. Or one person in your single world who maybe knows him, but they're not that close to him right now. Or maybe you know one single person in your world who could use a miracle right now. Okay, so look around, right? What if, what if we all did? What if everybody that raised their hand just now just introduced one person to Jesus? The whole world would be changed because new heroes like Peter would come out and they would do that thing that only they can do, right? And, and miracles would happen and the floodgates would open so a whole new world of people could come to know him. And the weird thing about it, for that, for all of that amazing stuff to happen, it doesn't require any of us to be super Christians. 
It doesn't require any of us to have a halo. It doesn't require any of us to be great preachers or singers or writers or miracle workers or leaders. It just takes each one of us doing what Andrew did, just bringing people to Jesus and letting him take it from there. Let's take a minute and pray. Father, I just thank you right now. First of all, Lord, we thank you for these superheroes. We thank you for the Max Lucados and the Robert Emmets and the Moseses of the world. We thank you for Peter and the people that you've empowered and gifted to do these incredible, amazing things that take our breath away and just awe us and honestly sometimes kind of dis- like discourage us because we see how amazing they are and we forget what amazing things you can do through us. And God, I just want to thank you right now because you have chosen to include every one of us in your plan. Every single one of us knows somebody who needs to know you. Every one of us knows somebody that needs a miracle, a touch from you. Every one of us knows somebody that could actually be the beginning of a floodgate opening and a whole group of people coming to know you. So Lord, I just pray your spirit lives inside of us. You can speak to us. You can act in us. You can work through us. I just pray right now that you'll just open our eyes to the people around us. Let us take our eyes off of the Peters of the world and how amazing they are. And let us instead look at the broken people around us, the people that need you, the people that need a miracle. Just let us see who it is that we should be introducing and bringing to you. And God, I just pray that you would give us the courage and the boldness and that we won't be intimidated by the fact that we can't quote the whole Bible to them, but instead we will just just humbly go up to them and introduce them to you. God, I just pray that you would teach each one of us, even if we can't be like Peter, we can be be exactly like Andrew because we can bring people to you and let you take it from there. Empower us today in your name. Amen. Hi, I'm Candace, and this is my husband, Butch. Two years ago, Butch and I started talking about maybe moving up to this beautiful area. And we were at church, and a pretty little gal that I didn't know, Suzanne, came up to us and suggested that if we moved here, we ought to try the church CBCB. So when we finally moved here, we did that. As soon as we walked in, we liked the place. It it was nice and neat, and people were smiling, and they had donuts. We really (laughs) enjoyed it. Once we heard the sermon, we knew this was going to be our church home. We had planned to go visit 20 different churches, but at the end of the service, Butch and I looked at each other and said, this is it. I cannot tell you how much it did for us. We had both been married for 30 years and gone through horrible divorces, and so we were not going to get married again. But when we joined the church, we were the same people, but we were just better people now. We wanted to get married. We wanted to volunteer in the church. We both joined life groups. It just made our lives so much better, and it's all because a total stranger came up to us and invited us to check out her church. I hope that you will think of inviting somebody and becoming Suzanne for someone else. It can change your life. And there's two different kinds of people right there, right? Right? But everybody can invite someone to know Jesus. Listen, one of the best, easiest ways that you can bring someone to Jesus is to invite them to church. And I'm going to tell you that that has never, ever, ever, ever been truer than this week. This Easter, 
might be the best chance of your lifetime to invite somebody to church. Uh, number one, it's Easter season now. They got the peeps in the grocery store, right? So it's, it's, it's Easter. It's Easter season. And so that means it's okay to use the J word, right? Even at work, even at school, it's okay to talk about Jesus. And also, I think now people, people might say yes. You know, people that would never have said yes to coming to church with you before might say yes now because one, they're just ready to get out, right? Winter is over, man. We're ready to get out. The COVID stuff, all the stuff that's gone on this last year, people are ready to get out of their house and away from their families and <laughs> out. People are ready to get out. Plus, it's not going to be this boring old church service. It's going to be this really big, fun event. We're going to give away a bunch of cool stuff. Listen, we have giant slingshots that we can shoot T-shirts into the congregation. I mean, what's better than that, right? We got 2,500 Easter eggs. Do the math. We have 2,500 Easter eggs, and each one has a business card from one of our local dentists inside of it. This is an amazing, incredible event. It's, it's outside. Oh, well, I'm worried about being around too many people. Then sit 100 feet away from anybody. It's, this is, I'm telling you, this is the best chance you will ever in your lifetime have to invite somebody to church and have them say yes. And when they do, you know what we get to do? We get to celebrate that we had more people in church than any other church. I don't care about that, right? Well, that's not why. That's not why. The reason is we're going to introduce those people to Jesus. Right? We're going to talk about the life that we have in him. It's new life. It's better life. It's eternal life. And we're going to talk about that life. And we're going to give them a chance that day to meet Jesus. What if that happened? What if you invited somebody to church because you told them we were giving away sunglasses? Right? It's like a, it's a bait and switch. Is what, you know what a bait and switch is? You get these ads in your mailbox, right? Oh, we got these awesome boots for $19. And then you go in to buy those $19 boots and you walk out with $600 boots, right? That's the bait and switch. So we're going to get them there. We're going to give away sunglasses. We're going to have Easter eggs. We're going to have crazy, amazing music. It's going to be awesome. We're going to get them there. And then when they least expect it, we're going to hit them with the gospel. <laughs> That's the plan. Okay, that's our strategy. You know our strategy for evangelism in this church? The bait and switch. That's our strategy. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Listen, be an Andrew, man. This is the easiest time, the best time. Your, your, our win ratio on inviting people to church, I promise you, is going to be higher right now than any other time in your life. And there's so many easy ways to do it now. You can just go up to somebody and tell them, hey, we're doing this really weird thing at church. It's going to be so much fun. Just come. It's a Ranger Stadium. Everybody knows where it is. It's outdoors. They're giving away a bunch of stuff. It's just going to be a lot of fun. You should come. Um, we have little cards at the Connection Center that have the times and how to get there and all that stuff on them. Just take a handful of those things and give them to people and put them on bulletin boards. And when you go to the bank and they give you that tube out the drive through thing, just stick one in there, right? <laughs> There's lots of ways you can do this, right? You can post stuff on social, right? We're putting lots of stuff on Instagram. We're putting lots of stuff on Facebook. Just share all of that stuff. Invite all of your friends through social media. There's a million ways to do this. You can go um, door to door in your neighborhood and pass those things out. You could, uh, carrier pigeons are awesome. I don't know if you ever use those. Smoke signals, uh, rent an airplane with a banner flying behind it. Do whatever you have to do. But let's just make it our business to be like Andrew 
and just bring people to Jesus and let him take it from there. Amen? Amen. Okay, so um, a last thing. We have a lot of help. It's obviously, this is a lot of moving parts with having this thing at that stadium. And I think we have everything in great shape. Um, pray for the weather. Everything's awesome. Pray for the weather. It's going to be amazing. Pray for the weather. Um, weather's going to be critical. Um, but there's a couple things. We still need a little bit of help with some just like odd jobs. So um, like we're, um, we're inflating a thousand balloons. So a lot of, that's uh, done with a machine. You don't have to huff and puff or any of that. To, but we're going to inflate a thousand balloons. We're making big posters that say welcome and all that. So if like you were a cheerleader in high school and you love making those posters or something like that, we could really use your help. Decorating the stadium. We're going to go over there Saturday morning from eight to one and just set everything up. We've got to set up a stage and all the sound gear and there's just a lot to be done. We've got most of it covered, but there's a few odd jobs left. So if you think you might want to help with some of that stuff, then all you got to do is go back to the Connection Center and and Kendall and Kimbo will be back there and just say, I want to help on Easter, and they'll get you plugged in. There is some way, there is some place that you can help us get ready for Easter. Man, let's just make this a time. Listen, it's going to be fun. We're going to have a drone. I mean, it's going to be fun, and it's going to be exciting, and the music's going to be awesome, and it's going to be cool. But let's make this more than that, right? Let's make it a time that the world was changed. Let's make it a time that the kingdom was changed. Let's make it a time that somebody's eternity was changed, not because we put on this amazing show, but because you were just like Andrew. You brought somebody to Jesus and let Jesus take it from there. Amen? Amen. Okay, we'll see you next week at Ranger Stadium or at mycbcb.com.